It's the Games We Decide podcast. It's the internet, and you're busy. We're doing this. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Mike Minotti. Does this look like a visor? Do I look like I'm Jordy LaForge if I put this magic band on my eyes? You look like a dork, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, completely. Also with me, Dean Takahashi. I'm on the phone, man. Uh, can you call me back later? Oh, Dean. Oh, God. Okay. No, this isn't. This bit isn't going to work. Uh-huh. And also with us is Willie Clark. And I forgot to put Willie's picture in there. I asked him. I made him spend time to get the picture for me, and I completely forgot to put it in there. Oh, so I'm going to do that. Person. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to do that while he is saying hello to everybody. Hey, it might be better if people can't identify me after nope, this. So, nope. No. We okay. want. We want. I'm put. I'm also putting up your home address. And where, like, what time you're going to be out of the house? Things like that. We're doxing you, basically. That's what this whole thing was. Um, That's what I figured. Surprise! Yeah, surprise. <laughs> I felt, I felt really futuristic. Um. No, yeah, you. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, that's a word for it. Uh, specials was kind of the word I'd go for, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is, like I said, the Games Beat Decides podcast. Uh, we're going to get into Zelda very soon. Um, some reviews came out. I reviewed it. Willie reviewed it. Uh, I, I felt like calling this episode 1 versus 100 because I gave it a 100. And uh, I know you didn't give it a 1. Uh, I, I, I actually don't even know what score you get it, but I, I, I know you didn't like it. I gave it a no. Yeah, he gave, gave it a no. I gave it a no. Okay, Which is no. like, on a, on a, on a two-point scale, it's kind of like a 1. I guess. Yeah, exactly. So it's so 1 versus 100. Uh, we're going to get into that really soon. But first, I mm-hmm. want to remind everybody that they can always get more of us from gamesbeat.com. Uh, if you have something to share with us, email the podcast at gamespluspodcast at venturebeat.com. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, you can get the audio version of this show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anything like that. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on iTunes. Um, if you don't like the show, you just tell Mike. Just tell yeah. Mike. Because uh, it's his fault. to me. Yeah, because look at this dumb man. Oh, my God. Okay, guys. Uh, so everyone's got their Switch now and everyone's been playing Zelda. What's uh, How's everyone feeling? I like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, it's 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 one of the first games in a while where it's just like, whenever I'm not playing it, I'm like upset by that fact, you know. Like usually anymore, you like a game, but it's like, well, I'm not playing it right now. That's okay, you know. I'll play it later. And like right now, I'm like, oh my god. So like Saturday was like the first time I really got to play, like sit, spend a whole day with it because I was traveling for uh, GDC and stuff. And I mean, I was just, you know, I, I got up, I did some chores and I was just at that thing like literally all day and I haven't had time just fly by uh, like so quickly with a game, right? Just the constant, um, you know, distractions. There's there's this thing, there's that thing. just And it's all kind of feels like progress. So yeah, was, I've been enjoying it. Long story. Yeah, I, I've, so I've had it for about 10 days, maybe a little bit longer than that now. Um, and... I've put in more than 60 hours, but I'm still I'm still playing it. And what you said about getting mad about when, when you're not playing it, mm-hmm. I feel that too. Like, here's an example. I'm, I think I'm going to be reviewing Mass Effect coming up pretty soon, and I'm really bummed because I just <laughs> want to keep playing Zelda for a little bit. I don't right. want to, like, have that, like, artificial limitation on my right. time. Like, I'm, re- I'm reviewing Persona 5 right now, which is, like, obviously, like, a big game. I need to spend a lot of time with that. And I'm like, but I want to play Zelda. And, we're, and, and Persona we're gonna, 5 is, like, you know, super fun so far. But. Right, yeah. And it's, like, yeah, it's a, it's a game you've been looking forward to for a really long time, oh, yeah. right? So, oh, yeah. yeah. So you're going to have to drop the visor, Mike. It's I, I know people in the audio, but you can't hear it. But <laughs> I was just going to wait until you said something. <laughs> I was going to do it until you said something. <laughs> wait, okay, what's the, the name tag? Oh, that's from my pizza place I go to. I, like, I asked for a name tag and they gave me one. <laughs> Were you, uh, was this a was this an attempt to hit on a, a, a human female? 
Um, well, I'm just saying that she okay, gave it to me. Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. Well, good luck. Good luck with that, Mike. Uh, he gave me the name tag, so you know you can make of that what you will. Uh, Dean, how, uh, before we get to Willie, Dean, how, what are your early thoughts on the game? I know you've been playing over the weekend. Uh, well, I finally got through uh, the first section. Um, I think you know the the more I think of the game as a place where I'm like a cat, just sort of like wandering aimlessly, looking for fun things to do, then. I'm having a great time, right? You know, it's it's a it's a lot of fun to just wander around in this world, and you can run into things like you know, like well, you know, you can figure out things to do, like throwing bombs in the water in order to go fishing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 a great way to Pro get tip. some great way to get some food. Do that. Yeah, and then capturing uh, a firefly by sneaking up on it, right? Um, uh, I had fun doing that. Um, uh, but whenever I, I sort of want to accomplish something and want to do something in particular and go somewhere, uh, you know, the navigation, <laughs> navigating through this world is, is could, could have been better, I would say. Um, well, what, what, so, what's the problem? Because well, we, we can start getting critical of the game. I'm, I'm like, well, gonna, I, I made, a, I made a, those, I made a key mistake in, in how I was, uh, you know, trying to get uh, my spirit orbs. And so I, I kind of just wasted many hours just sort of, um, looking around for something that I had actually already found. Um, the mini map, uh, you know, was kind of useful, but not really useful so far in, um, you know, just showing me, uh, where I needed to go, I guess. Right. Uh, you know, you're, you know, I think, I think maybe later on, it seems like it would get more useful in a larger area. Um, but uh, okay. can yeah. I ask you are you are you marking stuff on your map manually? Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, but but again, but again, I, I looked at you know, like I was. I was like I had three of these orbs. I had. I was looking for the fourth. I didn't realize the fourth was something I'd already found. Right, and it indicated it. Co- it changed the color of that thing, even though I did not actually complete getting the orb from that particular location. So that's why I thought. You know, well, I'm still looking for something orange out there when it's when in fact everything I was looking at was blue, right? Okay. Anyway, well, that, those are that, those are early lessons. I don't know. It feels like that was so long ago for me to like get like learning that stuff that it's it's hard to like remember when it was an issue. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Willie, was it are those kind of along the lines of some of the issues you had? No, I mean, I think my my biggest overall issue with the game. And it's actually been funny reading other people's reviews and listening to people talk about it is because all of these things that people are picking out that they're absolutely in love with are the things that drove me crazy. Um, I just do not did not enjoy traversing this landscape almost at all. And I did at the beginning, like the first few hours and stuff. I had a lot of fun just running around and doing whatever. And then it got boring really quickly. Um, And I think it opened up. It gives me too much to do. There's too many things I can do at any given time. And because of that, there's nothing necessarily for me to focus on. Um, and like going through the story and stuff like that, it just take, took me so long to get from point A to point B to do anything that I actually wanted to do. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I, so I, I felt that way sometimes where I'm like, okay, there is uh, a million different things I could be doing at any one point. Uh, but I, I, I never felt, I never disliked that. I, what I liked mm-hmm. about that is that it wasn't, 
a map full of icons. I was I was still choosing the things that I did end up caring about um, and having a like a, an eventual goal, like saying, oh, I do want to get to the spirit orb or I do want to get to this uh, one key point on the map. But I guess we should make it clear we're not going to dive into spoilers in this uh, mm-hmm. probably at all. I, Dean, and, or Dean and Mike are still pretty early on. Yes, uh, but it, I will hurt you. Yes. So, but like, and like knowing I had this like goal that's like really far away, I want to get there, and then having a million things that do distract me between there, uh, here and there, was something I, I, I don't know. I kind of ended up really loving. It was, uh, um, it was so dense. The world's so like uh, packed with things to do at any one moment uh, that those distractions I ended up really appreciating because it made the world feel more alive, um, more dynamic. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't just a, uh, you know, a, a pixel on a map of bigger pixels walking to, you know, the third pixel. It mm-hmm. was this, it was Link living in this world that where anything could happen at any time. Um, and so I ended up really connecting with that. Um, I, I, I know you, like you said, the traversing was a, was an issue for you after a while, but did like, I always felt like, you know, if you don't like the climbing, you could just, uh, you know, hop on a horse and start getting to places that way. Cause if you start doing that, like that's, you're still going to get, uh, end up going to a lot of important places and you don't have to do the climbing anymore. Is that something that you tried or is it that, that, that didn't work for you as well? No, I, I used, I was probably, I want to say I was probably about 50-50 throughout using my horse and climbing. Um, most of the time I would use my horse and I had a lot of problems controlling my horse. And I'm not sure if my horse just hated me, which is, <laughs> which is possible. Yes, it happens. Uh, um, yeah, it absolutely happens. But a lot of the times, especially in anything that had any type of elevation my horse and i think it was just the edge detection on the horse would get stuck and i'd get like stuck in this one point that was slightly rocky surrounded by a whole bunch of areas and like my horse wouldn't want to walk anywhere Hmm. um and so eventually i'd use like the horse for my larger when i knew i was going you know, if I was traveling for like an hour, a couple hours or something, then I'd pull out the horse. But for most of the discovering new terrain, I ended up doing that. You know, I was I was rock scrambling for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do. Obviously, you know, I've, I've haven't said that much on this, but this is Zelda, one of my favorite series in gaming. And this is probably one of my least favorite, if not my least favorite of the 3D games. Um, with that, one of the things you know, that you said, Jeff, that I do think the game does really well is there's a lot of side quests and there's a lot of different spokes off this wheel that you can go off on. Mm. And past Zelda games, like, it's it's funny, I've we've gotten a chance to replay almost every single Zelda game in the gap between Skyward Sword and this. And that's the one thing we play in Majora's Mask that I adored, and I had forgotten how much I adored it, because at the time... I was like, oh, all of these other Zelda games are going to do this because Majora Mask did it. And it just never happened. We haven't seen the depth of side questing, I I think, in a Zelda game since. And I do think that Breath of the Wild really nails that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, go ahead, Mike. So, Willie, like, I know, like, you do really like the 3D Zelda games. and, And I'm there with you on that. And I know, I think me and you are both kind of like, Skyward Sword defenders sometimes mm-hmm. some people don't like that but and, and you, I kind of have this reverse Zelda cycle effect where playing Breath of the Wild doesn't make me dislike Skyward Sword more but does make the flaws of it more apparent to me like you know like, I, I do kind of have a hard time breaking sound like yeah you know that game it does have a slow start and it does you know hold your hand a lot and, and, and stuff like that I mean does, did, did you kind of have any of that retrospective thought about Skyward Sword or is that you know it's just still just something that that more structured kind of, you know, you're doing this right now, you know what's happening. Here's like the very clear gameplay elements. Was that still something that appealed to you more? 
I think this actually probably made me enjoy Skyward Sword more. I think it does. It highlights the areas that in Skyward Sword that didn't work quite as well. I do think that's fair. Um, and I mean, I think I also I haven't played Skyward Sword since I reviewed it for launch. Um, that's the only, that's the one that I haven't played in the. the it's kind of hard to go back time. to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but I, I think I think in a lot of ways. It, it highlights what wasn't working in Skyward Sword, but then overcorrects for them. Like, I do think that, you know, the, the linearity and some of the hand-holding in Skyward Sword was bad, and then this game's response to that is, we're not going to tell you anything. I was further in the game than I'd want to admit before I figured out how to cook. <laughs> because I was absolutely, I was wait because I someone or something told me like, oh, like don't cook in a certain way because it won't work. So I was waiting. I was absolutely convinced I was gonna get like a soup pot or something that I had to put over the fires. That doesn't exist, as far as I know. <laughs> no. Um, it yeah, was I, was, I was pretty far uh, in before I figured out the cooking part too. Yeah, I, I, it's not. I don't. I, okay, what you say about it not kind of telling you a lot of the stuff, I do see how that would be uh, frustrating from a certain perspective. But And I, I know uh, Jason Wilson, our editor, uh, wanted to have you on here because he thought it would be interesting because it, it's it's not a Zelda of your generation. It really does mm-hmm. feel like it comes from a place where it's trying to replicate the feelings gamers had when they played the original Zelda on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And I totally think that's right. The way I, uh, the way I felt like that when I was playing as a kid um, and I, I was still too, kind of too young for it for my, myself. I'm 33. Um, but I was still, I was still t- kind of too young, but I did really like the way it just threw you into the world. You go and explore it how you want. And you're either, you're, you're going to discover and learn the stuff or you're not. Uh, but you know, you keep bashing yourself against it and, and, and eventually you will either beat it or give up like, like a five-year-old. And I was five <laughs> at the time. And I, I went back and uh, beat it later in my life. Um, and I still, what I really like about the game is that it doesn't tell you anything. And I remember uh, Shigeru Miyamoto saying the reason he wanted to make Zelda is because when he was a child, he would go explore the Japanese countryside and he would find caves and just that act of exploration and doing it on his own and, and finding these things like that were kind of magical uh, was something he was trying to capture. And I feel like the original Zelda captured that and then not many other games in this series really did until this one. This one feels like that act of throwing you into a world, not telling you anything, letting you discover it on your own. And I, I connected that uh, way. I mean, I love all the, like most of the other Zelda games. Um, I, I like Skyward Sword as well, but this is the game that I've been waiting for from the Zelda series for a very long time because it does capture that, that there's, there's nothing, that quiet or, there's nothing that happened in the other 3d Zelda games for the most part. That was organic, right? Like every puzzle yes. kind of had one solution. Every you, you hit the story beats kind of when you're supposed to, this character is going to, you know, do this thing, what have you. And there's just so many of these kind of just cool organic things, whether, you know, you're just, uh, just the way it's an enemy reacts to something, the way you're just kind of walking around, you notice something that you think might be a puzzle. And then it, it turns out it is, you know, it's, it's not like a giant sign, like here's a puzzle. And then, you know, a fairy tells you, Hey Link, I think this is a puzzle. <laughs> you should probably solve it by doing exactly this. And, and then you go do that. Um, yeah. And, and you know, this, and this is subjective. If you like to traveling or, or not, but, uh, 
But man, has that that has just been by far one of my favorite things. Just looking at a mountain and see, like, yeah. like almost pathfinding in my head. Like, okay, I see a little mm-hmm. cliff there. If I can get up to that cliff, or maybe I need to go to this other smaller mountain, jump off from there, and then I can get up that way. And yeah, oh, glide down. and like, and like some of like my, some of like the best feelings I have is like this that tense moment when my stamina is like kind of running out, and yeah, I'm like, and you just barely get the cliff. There. Yeah, you barely right. get the I'm ledge. Like, oh, you I'm pull up gonna, that like, last second. It. Right. I do that and over you, and over. I love that. And you then you just make it, and then yeah, like just like all these like, and I lo- and I love that it's not like Far Cry where you know it's it is in a way where you go up to like a tower and then you you know you get the map, but it doesn't like then fill the map like okay here's where this How side quest is, is. God, here's where that so side quest is. It's like hey you're high up, look around, see if there's yeah. anything you want to do from yeah, there. D- like, decide what you think looks cool and go to it. And right. that like not you know, only does that that's all right. Yeah, not only does that give you ownership over your experience, but it also forces the developers to create a world that looks interesting and would make you want to go to certain spots. So you could you could tell when you're up there and you're looking around, they're like, oh, clearly they like they knew I was going to be up here. They knew I was going to be looking around. They want me to go over here because look how cool that looks. Look how interesting it is. There's like stuff happening over there. It's like a grove of, of tropical trees with like a fog and you can't really see what's happening in there. I need to go down there and find out what's happening for myself. So I'm going to throw down a marker, create my own waypoint icon, and I'll I'll do it. I'll go figure it out. And yeah, I, found, I, I, I found there are things like uh, that were kind of either um, frustrating or um, you know uh, interesting as far as like whether they were puzzles or not. Like uh, you know when you you first uh, come upon you know the the water. Um, you look in, you see the fish, and you go, oh, I wish I had a fishing pole, but I don't have a fishing pole, so there's no way to, to, to get that fish. But then you could throw the bomb in and, you know, get the fish that way. Uh, or there's a, there's a treasure at the bottom of the of the water, but you can't swim. And I'm going like, why can't you swim in this world? You know, I, I want to be able to swim. I can swim across, but I can't swim down to go get the treasure. And then... Um, and then later on, sort of, I just realized, well, it's, oh, it's a puzzle because you can actually figure out how to move that treasure out of the lake, right? And so mm-hmm. um, at first, that's very frustrating. And it's frustrating when you run into things that are limitations of the world. Uh, but then uh, it's fun when you find out, oh, wait, there is a puzzle that I can actually solve to get around this problem. Right, and that's always the tricky balancing act of a puzzle, right? Because it has to be just frustrating enough so that you don't solve it right away, and that there is some effort required to sort of come to a solution. And it's just this is just the interesting thing about this game is that there are a lot of times multiple solutions based on uh, the tools you have. And yeah, stuff. there's like a, an elegant solution, and then there's a million other like there's really like, sort like of real brute weird. forcing. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot. I feel like more so than in past Zelda games, there's a lot of puzzles you can just break. Yeah, but I think uh, that I, I like that because the game is okay with you just breaking. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't; it's not afraid of like, oh my god, what happens if the player doesn't do it exactly like we designed it? They made a game that can support itself breaking in interesting ways, and then it still ends up working, and the player ends, still ends up feeling satisfied. And not only that, they come away with their own stories and experiences where you're like, oh, I did it this this really strange way. Uh, here, you know, here's how it happened, and it caused this weird thing to happen. And people come out and they tell those stories to one another, and it kind of makes it makes the experience more memorable in, in its own way. I think the important thing here is just that you know. Zelda has kind of the series has kind of been in the shadow of Ocarina of Time for a while, and not so much that they can't make a game better than Ocarina of Time. I've enjoyed you know some of the 3D games more than that, but they've all basically been doing that same thing mm-hmm. in a way that we we almost just kind of accepted like oh this is what Zelda is, and and I, I can understand you know that's what you really you know that's 
it, those were great games, and you know maybe they could have just kept doing that. But I just love that they almost just kind of like took that away. They kept some things like yeah. Z targeting and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But in the, at the end of the day, it's just like, what if we like reimagine what a 3D Zelda should be like? Just you know all these interesting ideas about you know like the really low weapon durability, right? Like you're constantly having to get new weapons and stuff like that. Really, so you don't like that? I love that. No, it that I love killed that. me. That but didn't you get over it? Me. Like, I mean, because like right now, my my, uh, and I actually can't find the Karok dude. I haven't found him since the first time I saw him, which is driving me mad. I went back the, and looked the for little, him. The seed dudes. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah not the seed dude. The big seed dude. That the you big seed dude where you traded oh, in. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. So I've only expanded my uh, inventory a little bit, but um, but I have uh my entire thing filled with awesome swords that uh take a really long time to break. And at this point, I'm like, okay, so this is what I was supposed to get here eventually, where I just have a, you know, a, an awesome arsenal that I can use for a really long time. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even thinking about the durability anymore. Oh, my sword broke. Wow, that's weird. I forgot that even happens. Um, I'll, I'll just keep, I'll, I'll go, I'm sure I'm going to find something else awesome. Like, I, I get, I come across swords that are nearly as good that I can't pick up. Cause I'm just like, I don't have any more room for them. I'm like, okay, I'll live. But if something does break, I know I'm going to come, come across some more, but early in the game, it does force you to, you know, you, it's going to break, you drop it, you try to, you know, t- time the, uh, the breaking hit because it causes double damage, uh, you know, at the right time. So you're thinking about that. And then you have to pick up something else and learn how to fight in a different way. I, I, I actually ended up really appreciating that and then ended up like not even worrying and about it. And you're not like running out of weapons. Cause you, most of the people you kill are dropping weapons anyways. So right. there's an abundance of like real crappy weapons that you can always use the trick is like finding the good ones and like and then i, I love that like it has this meta to it like where it's like okay do i want to use this weapon now because this is a really good weapon mm-hmm. do i really want to use it on this you know moblin that might not really be a good use of that just the the game economy in general yes it's just so much more interesting to me like you know that rupees don't just fall at enemies you can't farm rupees there's really mm-hmm. you can maybe farm for items and then sell them i guess but well i mean you, like you're but that's the part of the economy you're like you're going to look for uh, important items for making good dishes that you could sell for a lot of money because they're worth more than the sum yeah. of their, po- their even components. just like that arrows like arrows are like hard to come by especially mm-hmm. early on arrows. and they're mm-hmm. important and i like yeah. and i love that like it's i'm not just like well i'm gonna just shoot a bunch of arrows and then cut some grass and get more it's like man this arrow is important and if i'm gonna shoot this thing it better really count I remember it, shooting it, it, my last arrow at um at a, like a boar who was standing near a cliff, and I hit the boar, and then the boar goes over the cliff, and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, so long, meat. <laughs> thanks a lot, bye, meat. Yep, exactly. And you wasted the arrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you learned your lesson though, and I think that's actually what I um appreciate about uh, the, appreciate about the systems and the economy is that they are things to be learned. They are they're not just um a a dance that you go through that Nintendo set up for you. Like, here are the steps, do these steps come out the other end. It is a, a, a system that will behave differently depending on where you are, where you're standing. If you are on the top of a mountain and you shoot a boar, if the boar's good, the boar's meat's going to fall down and you're going to lose everything that you just worked for. And you've learned that lesson now and you can apply that to, to future battles, to future, uh, you know, attempts to collect, you know, important resources. Um, I, I think the cooking works that way. Like the cooking is a very, uh, a very good system where it teaches you the fundamentals to the point where you don't need a recipe book. There is no recipe book in the game and that's fine because you don't need one. Cause you learn how it works. You learn that, you know, you put in four spicy uh, peppers, you're going to get something that is going to be, with- be able to withstand cold for a really long time. Things like that. Uh, Jeff, I, I want to challenge you a little on your 100 score there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you, 
Do you look back in time at all the other hundreds you've given and, and sort of conclude that this is better than those games? Or like, you know, is this is this game better than Grand Theft Auto V? I <laughs> yeah. would I would argue no. This is not oh. better than Grand. Well, you're wrong. Like you couldn't be wrong. 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 Grand Theft Auto Five is a very impressive game, okay. but it's not. It, it it that is like the Skyward Sword of that series, where it is continuing to do the same thing. Is it better but than it, The Last of Us? Yes. Uh, Come on. Is it better it, than it, all of the Uncharted games? Yes. Uh, it, it's, oh. it's what it's the best game Nintendo's yeah, ever made. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, I said that in my review. It is the best game Nintendo's ever made, and I really think that's true. It's, I, it, I, and I'm not far and long left, but I agree with Jeff. Where I don't just think this is a really good game. I think this is a kind of a transformative a thing. I, yeah, yeah, I think it's a touchstone. I think when you're gonna when you ask what the three most important Zelda games are, I think you're gonna have to say Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Breath of the Wild. I think. This is, and I think like those games where you saw a lot of people starting to pick up on those things, like nobody was like, no other developers were like inspired by Skyward Sword, right? Nobody was like doing things that right. Skyward Sword <laughs> did. People are going to be doing the things that Breath of the Wild is doing in their game. This game is going to give confidence to developers who are thinking systems-based games like Far Cry 2 are out there and they don't, they can't really work the way we want them to and they turn a lot of people off. And Nintendo says, actually, no. They can work. You can make a game that is huge, like like Skyrim and Fallout, and it, it still is functional. It's still beautiful. Um, it still can attract a, 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 you know, a more casual user because it's going to uh, be so approachable in so many different ways. Um, it's going to give people the confidence to do these kinds of games in a way that we haven't seen before. Do, do, do you think that's true, though? Do you think that people... Like I, I'm, I'm thinking atypical Nintendo fans here, or Nintendo fans who, like I feel like Zelda is a series skews more hardcore than the rest of Zelda than Nintendo's franchises. I think it's probably right. So do you do you think that if this wasn't, if this was a Nintendo game that didn't have Zelda attached to it, do you think it would still be drawing people in? Do you think people would still be as interested in this idea of an open world if it wasn't a Zelda game? I mean, so I don't. I, well, I think you take away Zelda, and pe- people won't be as interested. It, it is. It does have a certain, um, not just cachet, but it, it implies something about what Nintendo's trying to do when a game like this has the name Zelda on it. But yes, I think regardless, even if it wasn't a Zelda game, uh, to present an open world that works like this, um, well, I mean, it, I, I think just the idea of like not filling your icon, your map full of icons, uh, that where a game has confidence in, enough in the player to say, "Here's our world." You uh, you get to decide like what's important to you in this world. Um, that that's something that I think you know Ubisoft and you know Rockstar they don't have the confidence in themselves to do, do that kind of thing. They still feel they need to have a guided experience, even when it's uh, an open world. This is this is much more living. It's much more dynamic, uh, and, and and in that way, it just feels like a, a, a game that does something that I think a lot of people assumed wasn't possible. It's it's important that it's not just that this game is the one that's like, okay, let's let's ease back on hand-holding. It's the fact that it's a Nintendo game. Nintendo, the mm. king of hand-holding, right. is the one that's like, yeah, maybe that's not such a great idea. Yeah, maybe I, think, we're over I think what, you know, what's important about the game for sure is that, it, you know, it's going to sell a lot of consoles, right? And uh, I think um, if you're if you're gonna have just one game yeah. <laughs> available <Yeah>. at launch, <laughs> then this is the right one, right? And um, you know, I I was playing it with my 13 year old kid, and she's never played any Zelda games before, and she was actually you know sustaining her interest in it, and and so you know it it has um, you know it's 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 
it's not hardcore to the degree that it, it doesn't have mass appeal. It, it really has a lot of mass appeal. Um, I mean, it, it, it's hardcore in the same oh. way that, that hugely successful games like Skyrim are hardcore. But Skyrim has a whole breadth of, of player types, people that can approach it and really like playing in its world because they can sort of do whatever they want to a certain point. And I think this game is even more... Yeah, I think, you know, all you have to do is look back at you know the launch of the HTC Vive and Oculus, and everybody was going like, "Okay, where's my killer app? You know, where's where's mm-hmm. the thing that uh, is really going to make me want to come back to this?" And uh, you know, the the good thing for Nintendo is that they've they've got something that people are going to play. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just think that the way it, it, it the way it works, the way it it's not just. Um, like you're going to do a bunch of different mini games inside of this open world. It's an open world where you do stumble across things that are happening, wh- whether or not you're there or not. Um, that, that, like Dean, you brought up Grand Theft Auto Five. Grand Theft Auto Five is you call up, you know, different characters, or you go to the icons in the map, and it triggers something that you then get to experience—a race, you know, or um, a, a bunch of other, you know, v- various ki- kinds of games set up like that with inside inside of this larger game. Um, Zelda, it's. You can walk across the world, and it's it's almost never like you're in a in a spot that is the middle of nowhere. It it's it's it, I use this in the review. It's like Minecraft in that you always want to see what's on the other side of the hill. But on the other side of the hill, it's not just some, it's not it's not a Grand Theft Auto race that's set up by the developer, and it's not an algorithmic accident. It is this Nintendo design that is just happening inside the world naturally that really makes exploration feel very rewarding in a way that's that's different than any of these other games. It's, it, it is something different, and I think that's one of the reasons it got 100 for me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, also, Grand Theft Auto is lame. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you I, I, really I, feel. I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's just like, yeah, there was that, like... Yeah, that was I the thought last Battle game 5 had a this... very compelling uh, set of characters and, uh, and story. It's, I mean, like, it's, it's no, like in, in this case... Thing. In this case, you know, it's it's like you're playing characters you already know from games that you've played in the past, and there's nothing new or different about so them. You, right? Yeah, but you're you're not at that point where you're kind of meeting those some of the more interesting characters. I think what yeah, you the meet at the larger cities, and they are good. memorable, and I like Oof. them. They're my some some of these people are my bros, man. Yeah, I mean, I I feel very oh uh, well, the characters, but I know, and I know, yeah. So well, because I know you also like didn't like the story. Which we can't really talk about. I, yeah, yeah, well, let's talk about it in broad strokes. In broad um, strokes. Yeah, go ahead, Willie. What um, do you think? Well, so I want to I wanna make one point on, on whatever, what we've kind of been circling around here. Yeah, go ahead. And, and I think that, I think it's interesting, because just from listening to you guys talk to, about it, and this is something that I've kind of had in my feeling, too, is I feel like in a lot of ways, this feels like one of the least Nintendo games Nintendo's ever made. Um, I think, especially in terms of how they do stuff in the Zelda series, games are nor- you know they're very tutorial driven, they're very handholdy, um, and I think that I mean I think they broke a lot of the rules that they've held sacred for better or for worse in game design with this. Um, yeah, and I just and I think it's that depending on who you are, I think some people are who have been waiting for Nintendo to do some of these things are going to be really, really excited about it. And then I'm sitting here going like, where, you know, where's X, Y, and Z that I grew up playing in Zelda with. Um, and I think that just depends on kind of where you came into the franchise and what you expect and want out of a Zelda game. I think, I think that will have some effect on it, but I do think I, I just, I don't know. I think overall, Willie, I think you, maybe you were clinging to these things a little bit too hard. Is that possible? Well, I don't see, I don't, 
people, I mean, I, I don't want to make you feel that. I don't, don't want to make you feel too more more isolated than you already are. Right? So, <laughs> but you clearly you I mean, you've got shit for giving the game a you know low a low score or you know a no and you know a bad review uh, from a lot of fans who hadn't played the game yet and just wanted it to continue getting all one hundreds and tens and you know fives out of five five out of fives. Uh, but we don't I mean, like you. Your opinion is different. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I, 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 like when you look at like, could you analyze your own opinion and say, is there any other reason that maybe this is happening? And not to like suggest that you like your feelings aren't valid, but I'm just wondering no, if there's no, anything no. there. Yeah, and I mean, I, so I think uh, obviously uh, this was a this was a tricky one. This was a tri- tricky one to review, and I think the the big thing to me in terms of what it came down to is. I'm completely fine with Zelda getting rid of things that I like if I'm also enjoying what else it's bringing forward instead. And I found that I'm going to loosely call them the Zelda-y parts, because I do think there are parts of this game that are very much in the Zelda tradition, were too spread out by these large spanses of exploring that I really did not enjoy. and so at the end of the day, that's what it came down to is, yeah, I'm like, you can take all of this stuff out and completely shatter my expectations for a Zelda game. And I do, this is something that I think a lot of people kind of lost sight of with my review is that like, I completely agree. Like even Skyward Sword and I love that game was very much like they've been remaking Orcina Time essentially with the exception of Majora's Mask. Um, essentially all of the 3D Zelda games have just been, you know, a a twist on that formula. That formula absolutely had to be broken up, and I'm fine with that, but what you, I have to enjoy what you're also bringing to the table instead, and when so much of the game is this exploring that I really did not have fun with, it was, like, I couldn't, it it was hard for me to justify everything else the game was doing, when a huge part of it I just did not like. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what it comes down to, is I mean, it's kind of like the, uh, like like the argument you know uh, that you have with like a lot of people. Like some people don't like the Uncharted games. They're like, I just don't like the shooting in that. You know, it's like, well, it's a lot of shooting, and if you don't mm-hmm. like that, or you, some people are like, I don't like the climbing in that. Well, if you don't like the climbing, it's a lot of the game, and that's what it's. And like uh, most of this game is uh, exploring and traveling, and if you know, and if if the, and a lot of it is specifically climbing up rocks and stuff. And I can almost, I, I think I can't. I hated maybe, climbing. <laughs> see, and I, I, can, I get that. It almost sounds like you shouldn't like climbing, but I do really just, it, I did really like it. And it's, it it, really it's better like climbing me. than a lot of other games. Not that sure. that means that you should, you should then like it just because it's better than most other games. But uh, I think it's better than most other games. And so it clicked with me. I, I will say, so uh, the Zelda E parts that, that you are clinging to, I cling to, to different ones. And it's one of the reasons that maybe the 3D Zelda game started to uh, wear thin on me. I, uh, even though, again, I did like Skyward Sword uh, more than most people. Um, and it's, it, I, I told the story in my review where I, you know, played the Link's Awakening. It's one of the first games that I, uh, played with and really clicked with in a special way because it was this game that taught me how games worked. I was in that second dungeon in Link's Awakening. I'm stuck there. I have the power bracelet. Um, I, I just didn't know I was supposed to use the, use it on the boss of that dungeon. It just didn't click with me that I, the thing I'm getting inside this dungeon applied to the boss in some key way. Once once I and it took me months to figure that out. I was maybe 10, 11 years old. Uh, once it did click, though, I was like, "Oh, this is video games. This is what a video game is. It, it is a series of things you do that kind of teach you about its about its world, and then you need to use those lessons in ways to accomplish tougher and tougher goals, like defeating a boss." Uh, for me, in in Breath of the Wild, it is that moment, um, sort of writ large, applied to a living world where you are constantly being 
giving lesson, given lessons about the way things work, constantly mm-hmm. dealing with systems that have uh, more interesting ways to use them. And if you start interacting with them, the game's like, oh yeah, that's going to work. Now, now go figure out ways to apply that in more interesting and difficult and, ways. And unlike a Twilight Princess or some of the other three Zelda games, these lessons aren't like one-offs, right? Right. You're, not, not, get, you're not getting a dreidel of death that you use in yes. the dungeon. And, yeah, and, and that's I a, love that dreidel. <laughs> dreidel no, I, of death. And, and, and the thing is, it's that, that was the lesson over and over in the Zelda games, is you're getting this one tool, how do you use that tool? And it's like, okay... In, in Zelda, it's much more um, organic, is a word Mike used earlier. It's it's much more uh, a sort of analog, where it's not Nintendo plotting out these things in the way that you're going to learn them and, and how that path you know sort of leads you to a boss character or whatever. Uh, it is just these systems that you learn, like cooking, uh, like like you know, like how to physics and yeah, how to hunt, yeah, the physics of the world exactly, um, and being able to apply those in ways that they sort of help you on your quest. And that was the Zelda E part that I was super excited to still find in this game. And it's what made me say, oh, this is still very much a Zelda. Uh, that, of course, comes from me playing a Game Boy game uh, in, in fifth grade, you know? And I'm, like I said, I'm 33. That was like 20 years ago. So, so yeah, like I, I can imagine that that's not Zelda-E to you. Uh, so I can I can see where you're coming from still. Um, I, have, I have kind of one big other thought on this, guys, but I'm wondering before, and it's going to be kind of a, a shift. So I want to give you guys a chance to touch on any other parts before we do that. No. Well, I, I guess just kind of wrap up how I'm feeling so far. And yeah, please. How far are you? How far are you? I'm, uh, I would say about like a fourth of the way through the quote unquote main quest. Okay. So, and I've explored most of like the eastern half of the map. And I mean, I, I'm pro- like hours wise, probably about 20 hours or so in. So I think I have, a pr- I have a pretty good feel for the game right now. And, and I think my feelings are a lot in line with Jeff's word. This, this is kind of how I would like Zelda to be. I, like the exploration aspect has like the, the parts that I've always liked are the puzzles and the exploration. And I think those are the two things that are great here. Like each shrine is basically like a, a dungeon room, right? With its own interesting, unique puzzle. And unlike in maybe some of the dungeons, like the way the designs had fallen back before where the puzzles was usually like, yeah, here's that item you got in this dungeon and now, now do the puzzle. Right. Whereas each of these rooms can usually be a little bit more interesting than that. And, you know, I love just exploring these things. Like, I even liked Wind Waker sailing, which a lot of people didn't like. I loved just sailing and going to all the islands and just seeing but, what But can you imagine there. if that ocean was as alive as this landscape yeah, is? Yeah, right. God damn. I know. So, uh, but, so, yeah. So, I, I, I think I agree with Jeff. And, you know, I, I can't say, you know, what I would give this game yet. I'm still a bit away. But I think 100 seems really reasonable to me. I think it actually is not just good, but important. Dean, any uh, sort of final thoughts of what, uh, uh, from you from where you're standing? Well, it, I mean, it does seem to me that, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of late to the party with the open world thing, and they're, they're really just almost um, uh, beginning to learn what some of the other companies have learned in this space for quite a long time. I mean... Uh, Dean, there no, is no Uncharted five, game coming out this year that you try grand, to protect for, for Game of the Year. <laughs> uh, five, five Grand Theft Autos in, you know, um, Rockstar does this better, right? Um, no, I don't think they do. Uh, I think they will that have this two, is the best They will have two Red Dead, Red Dead Redemptions in. I, I will bet you that Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be better than this game. I bet right? you it's going to be a lot more like so, a Rockstar game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rockstar games are good, you know, so... Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, 
we're, we're kind of in the middle of a hype fest in that uh, Nintendo um, goes to open worlds and makes feel people feel like, you know, this is the first open world I've ever played. It's amazing, right? Um, when, in fact, you know, uh, these things have been done before, right? So, um, you know, I like I, I, our, our look at the lake and our, our go like, okay, you know, that lake doesn't look very good, right? <laughs> um, you know, like there's, there's, there's like no indication, like, you know, like, I mean, like I, I go swimming in the lake, right? And then all of a sudden I run out of breath and I die in it, even though my head is sticking out of the water. I mean, like, no, that's, you're, that's, you're, you got what, tired. What, why does it, why does that, so I got, I got too tired and I, you know, like, your stamina, you know, I was breathing. I think it's like big green right in the middle of the screen. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that. But why, why would you make a game where you could die drowning um, when your head is sticking out of the water? You're not dying. I mean, though. like, you know, this is Nintendo, you. right? They they could have no they, animated that in some kind of it better way. It's a very minor. <laughs> no, I think. I mean, I think. And I, there's a there's a cliff. You know, there's a giant cliff up there, and I start climbing it, and I get halfway up, and I run out of stamina, and I let but go, you, and I die. Do you not understand right? why that why that why that exists? Because this uh, game yes, is more. Yes, I do understand why. But, but, but like, it's more open you, than any of those games you're mentioning. Why would you do it that way? Is what I'm. I'll saying. Wait, I, I, like, there's an absolute one hundred percent perfectly like good answer for that because this game is way more open than any of those other games those other games have faulty limitations like uh grand theft auto 5 why can't you go to that once that one part of the city yet because if you go over there there's going to be a, a, a military that's going to shoot you down uh because you're like you're not allowed to go there yet here you're allowed to go everywhere you can go right up to the end boss at the beginning of the game if you want to w- without it stopping you the only thing that's holding you back are the stamina meter and your life bar uh, if you can get around those things, because you because you're smart enough or you're well, clever barrier, enough, barrier around resourceful. the Great Plateau was pretty darn. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, impossible. but that's <laughs> right. That's the right. That's the very beginning of the game, and that's just that's the one time they do that. After that, there is no more barrier. It is uh, it, it it's completely open, and you're only held back by your stamina meter and your life bar. So when you're trying to get to the top of that that hill, either either you need to go to other parts of the world and get more stamina, or you need to be clever about it. Uh, cook, cook like the right foods, or find the right path to get up there. Like it, it is. That's what I mean when I say it's like it's more organic. It is presenting you with challenges. It's presenting you with with your limitations. Can you get those things to meld with one another or not? Uh, and to me, that's that's way different and way better than the artificial, very digital limitations of something like a Grand Theft Auto. But I'm sorry, Dean. Keep going. Keep wrapping up. The dra- I, I, I did bring up an ejector button. I want to hear your answer about drowning in the lake and why this is a great game design. Well, because because like if you could just <laughs> swim around in the lake forever, I mean, it's just like that's the same thing. Like if you could swim across the lake to get to the other side when you're going to meet you know enemies on the other side that you're not ready for, then you shouldn't be able to swim across the lake. It's just you're not drowning either. Like Mike said, you're dying of exhaustion. It's a mm-hmm. it's a different. It's like it's the same thing. It's called falling off the hill. It's all your stamina meter. Yeah, just you know. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, I uh, again, I, I I do like uh, parts of this. Like like I said, like you know, me and my thirteen year old, we we are having fun running around in this world like cats, right? Just sort of discovering things and finding things and doing things, and and that's great. I mean, like so far, um, I I think I I can enjoy it more for that reason. Uh, than running ar- around the world with intention of doing something, right? If I want to do something deliberately, it seems in this game I get frustrated, right? 
That makes sense. And and Willie, uh, you want to wrap up your kind of your thoughts and kind of where you're at now with this game? Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of what Dean's saying is reflecting how I felt continually over the course of the game and even finishing it up. Like I I uh, hold on. Okay, no, this isn't a spoiler. I finished the game with my stamina meter exactly the same as it was at the beginning. Right. Um, Can I ask if you you were were you supplementing with with like meals and cooked cooked meals or anything like that? Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be careful of spoilers here. Um, I mean, yeah. people know that elixirs and stuff like that can. Yeah, but it's not that. the it's not the elixirs, and I'm not sure if you found it either. Uh, okay. Um, All right. Understood. Okay. okay. Um, but so yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I think for a game that's so based around exploration, to have the exploration be so limiting was continually a frustrating factor. And like, and a lot of people have said that. Well, it's so you can't get to certain areas, but I, I don't I don't know. Like, you can do the game in pretty much any order you want. You know, like you said, you can go right up to the boss. So I don't see what having that stamina limitation really does. I, I like I get the. Heart. It forces you to be creative. Yeah, that's what it is. It forces you to interact with the with the systems. Uh, if you if you could just swim across the lake without drowning, without getting exhausted, um, then what point do you have to to mess around with the cooking? To or what point is there to expand your stamina meter? Um, and the ways you expand your stamina meter, you have to go to these challenge dungeons to, to find these spirit orbs. It forces you on this. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It forces you into different parts of the world. I, I, I find that to be, um, more interesting. Uh, hmm. it, it reminds me more of, of actual, actual, the way the world works. You know, you have your capabilities, you interact with the world and you come up against things and you either have to, either have to get better at them or be creative, uh, to, to succeed. Yeah. I mean, I think so to, to, to pull everything together. Um, yeah. and like what Dean was saying with like other open world games that will probably end up being better. The thing that I found really surprising is Xenoblade X, which, you know, wasn't Nintendo proper, but they also, you know, Monolith also helped on this game. I thought Xenoblade X was a better open world game that Nintendo one I haven't also, played. So I can't, that, that Nintendo that. also released. And I feel like they didn't, pull quite as much from one of their own games that, you know, another studio made for them as they should have. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think they're, the, the best thing I can say is like, obviously, yeah, I got a lot of feedback out of the review, but the <laughs> thing, <laughs> the thing that I thought was really interesting and which made me feel like I did my job well is I actually got feedback from people saying like, I hate Zelda now, but I read your review and it makes me excited to play the game yes. because na- because now I know they're doing things that aren't Zelda. Now I know, you know, they're doing things that I like. And I mm-hmm. think that for a lot of people who have either gotten sick of the 3D Zeldas or never play them, I think a lot of people are really, really going to enjoy this game. Zelda fans, I think it's just going to come down to what you enjoy in a Zelda game. Right. And I feel that, like I said, I feel that the open world and exploring elements, like a game like Xenoblade does better. And I feel most of the, you know, the dungeons and the Zelda E sections, um, I'm being vague as possible here. Um, I feel like other Zelda games have done better. Um, so it's a mix of all of these things that other places have done better that never really, I don't know, it didn't win me over. No, yeah. I, I wish I, it did. I wish no, it did. Of course. Yeah. Of course you want to like it. But yeah, I, I uh, uh, that's why I think I'm happy we had you on here because um, I, I do think your review and your as much fun as the the Mike and Jeff echo chamber of this is a hundred <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah would have been but, yeah you know. it, it's kind of good to get that yeah have these very different perspectives of like even like and like you said even when you explain why you don't like it it is going to uh you know 
it's going to register with some people in, in ways that they say, oh, yeah, that might be me mm-hmm. instead. Um, and, and that's fine. Pe- yeah, yeah, totally. Pe- for, for some reason, people thought I was going to care. And I was like, no, that's fine. Like people like other people are going to like this game for different reasons. Like that's that's how this works. I think uh, one, one last question for, for you, Willie, and then we'll move on to this last topic. That'll be pretty quick. I promise, guys. Uh, it was, I remember we were at E3 and you saw like the, the big reveal there uh, for mm-hmm. the Wii U version. And I know you didn't like it then. What changed between then and now in terms of like your expectations and what the game actually delivered? Uh, or, or was it kind of exactly what you were fearing and, and expecting? It was pretty much exactly what I've been afraid of all along. Okay. Um, I, I, so I've got, I played it one more time. So let's see, I played it at E3, and then I also played it at the, the Switch event in January. Um, and the Switch event coming out of that, I'm not really sure why. I was actually more hopeful for the game than I was coming out of E3. I think I had some time to process what they were doing and what they were doing differently. Um, cause it was, the Switch demo was the exact same demo I played at E3. Um, but I had a lot more fun just running around, like I lit a stick on fire, I was burning stuff down, and I think that that's a lot of the reason people really like Breath of the Wild is it is this giant sandbox and you can do a lot of different weird things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for people that just enjoy running around in a game and doing whatever they want, they're going to love this game. Um, I need a slight bit more structure and grounding and rationale for what I'm doing, and I never felt like this game really provided that. Um, to, to, to lean back, because I know I'm leaning heavily on this, but back with like Xenoblade X, the whole point of that game was literally like story-driven. You're exploring this planet because you don't know what's on it, and there are aliens that are trying to kill you, and your planet just got destroyed. So the exploration was like cooked into the narrative, and there was a reason for everything you were doing. Here, I never felt at any moment exploring or interacting with anybody that it revealed anything to me about Link or about the larger adventure or... Hmm really anything of important to what was going on um and yeah so it, it was what i was afraid of like i remember when they said like oh you can go straight to ganon you can go straight to the castle at the end as soon as you start the game and when they said that at e3 i was like well does that mean everything else is going to be inconsequential and i don't want to entirely say that but i think that my fears from the beginning were very reflective in the final product yeah and I think that was, for me, the excitement was, uh, I'll get to decide what's important to me. And I, I think this is just where, where we're different people. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll get to decide in this game the things that uh, reflect the, what's important to me. And that's what's important to Link. Because the Link as a character is, is, you know, only so much. But my connection to Link and what, it, what, what my actions with Link uh, say about me are more important. And I think that's where I, I was excited. And I could see where the people who do need that narrative on the other side and those reasons for doing thing were disappointed. I need a uh, carrot. I need a yeah, carrot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think what we learned here is that I'm right. Willie's wrong. <laughs> Dean is just Dean. God damn it. Dean. I mean, oh, man, we're going to have another fun game Red of Dead the year. Gonna I know. This year. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm already like thinking like, Oh God, game of the year. Um, but okay. So we'll get to, we'll get to that. Wait, when hey, we get to say that. if I'm wrong. Well, you're right, right? I mean, yeah, you're right. you I agree, agree with him. With you. you agree yeah, with him, so you're right. Yeah, it sound, that's the way this is going to work. Um, okay, <laughs> so for this this last segment, uh, it is still Zelda. I want to kind of run through a history lesson with you guys, uh, and I want to see if you guys uh, agree with me. And I can't imagine that you won't because I'm right again. But but just just listen to me and tell me if this makes sense. So the N- Nintendo Inter- Entertainment System, uh, the Legend of Zelda comes out. It is this uh, top down 
game where you have a character and you explore the world and you collect items that enable you to uh, accomplish more things inside of that world. Um, Another game comes out, Metroid, comes out for the Nintendo Entertainment System. You're playing a character in a a side-scrolling world where you collect items and those items enable you to see more parts of the world. Super Nintendo. uh, Zelda comes out again. It's the same thing, but even more, uh, even more set up in a way that where it's like you're getting items that allow you to see different parts of the world. Super Metroid refines that from a, from a side scrolling perspective, Nintendo 64, the legend of Zelda comes out. It is a 3d third person game where you're playing a character who is collecting items that can see more parts of the world as they collect these items. Metroid prime comes out on GameCube, and it is a first person game where you are still where it's where it's now you're, you're playing a character where you can still different parts of the world, but it also just like the Zelda game has Z targeting lock on. It still plays very similar to Zelda. Uh, it's just from a different perspective. Um, for me, these two games have always been linked where they are the, they're very similar in structure and they, what really changes is the, is the perspective, you know, top down side scrolling, uh, first person, third person. Um, and, I'm wondering if you guys think that the the existence of Breath of the Wild, the way it works, if if it has any indication on what what could happen with a Metroid game, or are they at a part a, a point where they just have to diverge in the way that they that these two games are going to work? They got to do so. There, there's got to be something cooking with Metroid, right? Because does there if, have to be? Yes, there does. Because well, here's because here's why I think you already throw out Zelda, you throw out Mario in year one, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want that Wii U situation where in, in year three or whatever, your tentpole game is Star Fox, right? Yeah, and, and, and there's also, only so many series that you can release a game and people are going to get relatively excited. And I know, you know, sales-wise, Metroid isn't up there with a Zelda or a Mario. But who right? does it sell to? It's the same people that Nintendo say that they are trying to go after with with Mario. They're like, we want this Mario to be, excuse me, they want this Mario to be more hardcore and more difficult. And they want, and this Zelda game is difficult and, and much more, I think aimed at the hardcore. There's no handholding. I think the, the, the people that Nintendo are trying to sell console games to are the people who do buy Metroid games. So I, I'm with you that I feel, I feel like there does have to be something going on with Zelda. Do you think Metroid. that, or Metroid, you're right. Do you think that there's anyone at Nintendo who's, at, who's making a Metroid game, who's looking over at the breath of the wild team and says, we have to do that for Metroid. It's interesting because it kind of comes down to is that evolution you're talking about just a coincidence or was mm-hmm. there something at, at work there, right? And it, I'm almost more inclined to say that there might have been a bit of a coincidence there, right? Where it's just these teams kind of just looking at things logically and seeing what they – I mean, you know, it's not like Retro was looking – was Retro looking at Ocarina of Time? Well, I mean, Miyamoto Maybe? was working with – I mean, yeah. Me- Miyamoto woke Miyamoto was there, yeah. But was me was, I think, was I think, Miyamoto re- doing when he was there? Was he saying, "Hey, look at what we did with Ocarina well, of Time"? I think he's that- like, "Look at how Z targeting works. Could that sure. work for your game?" And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what happens there. Um, now, if you're saying what I like, a more open kind of like third person Metroid game on like an alien planet kind of thing, yes, yes, please. And you think that could, you think that could work and still be Metroid? Um, it's it'll be interesting. Well, it's interesting because the Metroid games have had. The transition from Metroid to 2D to 3D was was actually more literal in some ways, right? right. Like, Metroid Prime is still a lot like Metroid mm-hmm. 1. Even mm-hmm. Metroid Other was still kind of a lot like Metroid 1. So it would actually be more of a departure even for that series to kind of take some Breath of the Wild-isms in it. But at the same time, you kind of look at Metroid and say, well, what do you do now? And it is kind of it is kind of like 
with Zelda in that respect where it is time to maybe rethink things and not just do things because that's the way we've been doing them forever. I think maybe if nothing else, that's the lesson that they should take is this idea that it is okay to one be not not be very handholdy, which the Metro games have always been pretty good about, yeah, right? They've stared away from that, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, other M maybe notwithstanding, which <laughs> most people it's kind of an outlier in general, mm-hmm. right? Like you didn't even bring it up in your little history lesson. That's right. Um so that there's that lesson and there's this idea that it's okay to rethink conventions. Um does it need to literally be a third person giant open world thing? Maybe not. Maybe something like that. But yeah, I think it, <laughs> You know, I, I love Metroid. I hope there's a new Metroid coming. Is basically my thing, and I, you know, the idea that it could be as good as this makes me excited. So, I, would, wait, I, would, I would love it if Martin. they just put more of that uh, that attention into some brand new intellectual property. Yeah, they took the the Breath of the Wild thing no. and applied it to something new. But... Star Tropics Three is what they need to apply it to. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, actually, oh. that could work actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Well, we're gonna let Mike fanboy about that. Willie, do you have any thoughts about this? Uh, I, I honestly, yeah, I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced that they know what to do with Metroid at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think. I think Other M kind of... I actually... I know people hated Other M, and this probably is not the time to say it since I didn't like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but I actually en- I enjoyed Mother M more than most people do, it. I think. Um, I actually I actually defended Other M. I actually liked it when it came out, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I it did some... Like, it wasn't great. I liked the return to 2D. And I, I actually think that with Metroid... And I could be wrong about this. I think I think you're right. They kind of have a decision they have to make, which is, what are we going to do with Metroid now that this is what Zelda looks like? Um, and I think the answer to that is either, well, we could give it to Retro and do another shooter, which is possible, but that's not really... Like, they've done that before. Um, and I, I think Retro wants to... I don't think Retro wants to just keep pumping out, you know, sequel after sequel after sequel. Um, or do they have one of their internal teams do it and make it another 2D game, you know, another 2D throwback game? Uh, that, that I think, is the more likely scenario for Metroid. That does seem like it's very possible where they just, since Smart Metroid doesn't appeal in Japan. I know, why Why haven't they just made, like, a uh, a bunch of those, like, Castlevania games? They like, had, I mean, like, honestly, they make that Metroid Federation Force. That was really oh, important. Yeah. I mean, I, I, honestly, I think... What they really should do is there are so many phenomenal indie teams that are making Metroid games that are better than Metroid is now that I think they really just need to license it out. I don't know if they know what to do with the branch. Yeah, get, get those, get that Ori or uh, Owl, Owlboy team on Metroid, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. like, like, like if, that uh, Super if you, Mario Maker thing going on. <laughs> Super Mario Maker for Metroid would be Super, cool. Super Metroid Maker. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, because if you look, I thought this um, when they had the like indie thing last week their indie their indie announcement and all that a, a lot of the games they were showing off i was like man these are very reminiscent of nintendo games that nintendo just doesn't know how to make or chooses not to make anymore um and i think the same goes with metroid like there are a lot of people who i think could do some really cool things with metroid and i don't know i that's an interesting point just in general like why not trust some of these indie teams like uh you know, get Yacht Club Games, the people who, you know, made Shovel Knight, give yeah. them a Nintendo license. Like, what could yeah. possibly go wrong what, there? One of the, I would say one of the top mistakes Nintendo's made recently is not purchasing Shovel Knight exclusivity, like, straight out oh, at God. the beginning. Shovel that, Knight should be everybody's second. They got the Spectre Knight timed exclusivity, oh, right? That, they did. That they, time, oh, Spectre Knight is hot. I like it a yeah. lot. Yeah. 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 Nintendo, when I went to uh, Japan in December, um, 
Everybody was sort of uh, optimistic there because Nintendo um, spoke and visited the uh, the indie games uh, event mm-hmm. that they have in Japan that draws they, I mean, you know thousands of people, and uh, for the first time ever, Nintendo had attended. Uh, so, like well, I you think know, they clearly saw they, the results they, of that, right? Yeah, they could they could be actually you know uh, working on better things with indies. I mean, the, the, they did that in the the Nindies thing for the Switch, and they Nindies, showed off. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, and they have a bunch of uh, of relatively recent indie games that all have either some some content that is debuting on the Switch, like uh, Stardew Valley is getting two player, like local multiplayer mm-hmm. on the Switch before anything else, and like you play with the two Joy Cons or whatever. Uh, it's things like that uh, that 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 Nintendo's doing with the with the indie companies, and you know, Ma- Blaster Master Zero is debuting on the Switch. Uh, in a couple of days, things like that. Um, so, so I, I mean, I think that's how that's going to work. Whether it's going to transform into what Willie's saying, where they straight up begin purchasing exclusivity, or they start working with these teams in a way that is more direct and say, hey, here is a Nintendo property, go make a game in the way that like Yacht Club games did, like Mike was saying. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to... I, I, I would think, like to, but I, I don't think that's really what happen. they have to do in order to succeed with this in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I mean who, who, who wouldn't go cra- who wouldn't go crazy for like a 16-bit throwback Metroid game? Yeah, or even like a, a championship a Pac-Man Championship Edition DX sort of um, like hyper realized version of these old games. Like, give something to um, you know, Click Lock Talk or whatever the well, uh, guys they made. Like uh, we even Pac-Man see Sega doing a little bit with um, that with Sonic Mania, yeah. right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. a great point. And yeah, I exactly. um, and I I looked at that a bit at, at GDC, and that that game is going to make so many people happy. It's that's, great. That's going to be just fantastic, and there's going to be a lot of positive and, stuff coming from that. And I the think. dude that's making that is that uh, is that guy that uh, has worked in the is it the Sega emulation scene or is it right? The, yeah, is it like he, the yeah, he was the guy who basically like cracked the code to get yeah. Sonic CD ported. Yes, exactly. Like Christian Whitehead, and he uh, and but they Sega's like here, come help us make this game, right. and he's working on it directly. And I think that reflects in the end product. Whether Nintendo realizes they can do that, I, I mean, they, I think they should. I think Dean's saying that they uh, need to do something like that to succeed with the Switch. It would really boost their library of games if they had the, mm-hmm. a lot of games along those lines that were like, okay, here's indie de- developers filling out our lineup between these big Nintendo launches. That could work, but, you know, they're probably not going to do it, right? No, but I mean, that that's the thing is because I don't, I, I, I Metroid's a tricky one because I honestly don't know at this point what you do. I think if they wanted to do a big blockbuster thing that's really going to get people's attention, you do something in the Metroid Prime universe. You do a big, huge, yeah. you know, first person, pretty graphically intensive game. But with the exception, I mean, unless you put the Zelda team on it, which is never going to happen, or you have Retro do it, like there's, o- you know, there's only so many moving parts inside Nintendo that could tackle something like that successfully. Right. I, well, Retro's got to be up to something, right? Like, they're not making Donkey Kong Country returns again. Are you sure? Hopefully. <laughs> I, hope, I hope. I mean, I loved... I, I, and yeah. I loved, loved Tropical Freeze. Yeah. I, loved I, was a little, I was a little down on Tropical Freeze. Yeah. All right, I was well... Just a smidge down on it, but it was fun. All right, well, Mike's wrong about that one, so now we can end the podcast. <laughs> fair enough. Um, right, fair enough. <laughs> Why don't we start with you, Willie? Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on the internet now that we're wrapping up the show? Oh, yeah, sure. So I, I freelance all over the place. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Willie Clark. Um, and yeah, I, I freelance for you guys. Um, my super popular, everyone's favorite Zelda review was over at Zam. Um, <laughs> you can check that out. Um, but yeah, that's that's the best place to find me is on, on the Twitter sphere. How about you, Dean? 
I'm Dean Tack on Twitter, and uh, also at GamesBeat. And Mike? I am Tolkoto at Twitter, and I'm uh, always, always writing at GamesBeat. You can also find me at the ebpodcast.com. That's Exploding Barrel Podcast. Uh, I do that with my brother. We talk about games and other things. And yeah, that'll, that'll probably be enough of me. And I'm going to bring up the uh, the run the podcast rundown for everyone so they could see what Mike has, has said my Twitter handle is this time. Um, I'm Jeff Grubb Sucks of the Wild on Twitter, <laughs> apparently, this time around. Uh, and I'm on YouTube. You can get me there at YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. And, of course, on Twitter, I'm actually just Jeff Grubb, but Mike is a butthole. So that's how it works. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. We're going to be back next week. We'll probably be talking about Zelda again for some reason because I'm going to want to. And Mike will have played a lot more of it at that point. No, we're talking Maybe. about Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, my God. Damn, <laughs> Damn Red Dead's not coming out for a while. It'll be good. It'll, it'll probably don't, come out don't in 2018. Me, don't make me have to, like, turn against Red Dead for some arbitrary reason. I know. <laughs> I want to like Red Dead. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's laying the groundwork like, for Game of the Year right now. <laughs> he tried to make me turn. He tried to make it like, a like game. anymore. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's why like, I have this one. eject button. I'm putting it right over you. You're being ejected. You All right. Hey, it's yeah. it's it's going to be a contender with Call of Duty this year again. Oh my yeah. Oh. That was, that was yeah, uncalled for. I'm literally playing Call of Duty this year, Dean. Just like so I can tell you why it. Doesn't I know. I got, I'm going to make sure I put in my time with it, so we can make sure that we don't let it on the top. Buy it. Oh, okay. All that's right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Yeah. Oh, we're going to say goodbye. This year? All right. Bye. Hi, thanks for having I'm me. Cutting guys. these guys up. Yeah, Willie, Hi, thanks Willie. for coming on. That was great. Thank, Thank you. Really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Okay. Catch you guys next week. Bye.